Hi, Mark. Hi, Gabe. <laughs> uh, welcome to Faking It. This is a show where we check our cultural blind spots, make up for past wrongs, and come to terms with the shameful lies we've told. Who do we have today? Gabe, today we have with us Amy Phillips. Amy Phillips is the managing editor of Pitchfork. She is a, a, an old dear friend of mine, of ours, of the shows. And we also have with us Evan O'Neill, who does not have a microphone, but will be he's giving us the thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Great podcasting stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who will be lingering in the background, maybe saying something, maybe not. I don't know. We'll find out. Welcome, Amy. Welcome, Thank Evan. you for having me. Hi. <laughs> uh, well, let's get started. Um, how do you how do you come to us? What is your what is your history of faking it? Oh, so you want me to just dive in well, from I the mean, beginning? Why don't we just like start from like the, because like you're gonna what you're gonna talk about is you're gonna talk about something that sort of like began in like high school, right? Middle school. Middle actually. school. Okay. Middle school. So before we do that, like give us like what's middle school. What's middle school Amy up to? What's her deal? Hmm. What's she? Okay. What's she doing? It's a better intro than mine. Mm-hmm. Just, like, <laughs> just go, give us the lies. Yeah. <laughs> just tell us how you've lied. Uh, so middle school Amy is very similar to current day Amy in that she is obsessed with music and um, very much well. Unlike current day Amy, very much wants to be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I. I don't got time for that. No, now you're just being. You don't have to aspire. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so I, in early middle school, I had a group of friends. Um, they were kind of the bad kids. And, uh, you know, around age 13, um, they kind of started turning on me as, you know, girls around that age do. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. So, so, wait. So you had aspirations to be cool. What is what does that look like? What is like a, what is like the what is your what is the kind of cool you're aspiring? So to this was like the early to mid nineties. Mm-hmm. So basically, I was aspiring to be Kim Deal mm-hmm. or Courtney Love mm-hmm. or Kim Gordon. And were your mm-hmm. friends like closer to that ideal, or uh, just or just like? cool slash bad in a different way i i thought they were cooler maybe just because they had more permissive parents Mm -hmm. maybe uh in retrospect their family life was way more sad than mine (laughs) um but uh yes so were they like the like my parents let us drink beer at home yes okay yes that kind of cool they they smoked probably cigarettes maybe like maybe like weed yeah like weed yeah. Middle yeah. school. Middle school. Yeah. 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 Um, so they were like the bad kids, but they were also super into music. Mm-hmm. So that was like the big connection that I thought we all had. Um, and No. Okay. So wait. Sorry. I have to keep talking. No, it's okay. Part of me is like fascinated because I have you in the hot seat and I can like reconstruct this image <laughs> of you from the past. Uh, uh. So, so obviously, uh, you know, you're, you're not smoking pot. You're not drinking Oh, right. oh no, I was. Oh, you were. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not as much as they were, uh-huh. but I was doing all of those things uh-huh. um, whenever I was hanging out with them. Gotcha. Yeah. And were you like, "This is cool," or were you like, "This sucks," but it's something I gotta do just because I gotta do it? Yeah, more the latter. Mm-hmm. I was like pretending like I enjoyed it, but never really right. enjoyed it. I actually like, I actually don't drink or smoke anything now, and haven't for 
since like college. The first time I met you, we were both living in Chicago. Yeah. And you got me into a new pornographer show. Um, and I was very excited to see the new pornographers. And I was like, can I buy you a beer? And you like kind of like looked at me right in the eye and you went, I'll have a cranberry and soda. And I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. I'm dealing yeah. with someone in their early to mid 20s that doesn't drink. I don't know how to interact. Yeah. Um, it I'm, sounds like Amy handled it perfectly. Well, yeah, it she knew what like she was doing. You're still dealing with it. Oh, yeah. I was traumatizing. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry it's about fine. that. It's fine. Uh, um, yeah, I guess by that point I was kind of over, over all that all that and just like i don't like drinking mm-hmm. so so these um, teens these yes these young teens are no they start to turn on you right why, why and right. how so uh just i don't know it was just it was middle school and you're always like this person isn't cool you know you're like you're switching alle- allegiances etc yeah and you know it was kind of already in the works like i had been seeing the signs you know i wasn't getting invited to stuff i was you know there were in jokes that i wasn't part of mm. But I remember one very, very pivotal moment, and I wish I could remember what band it was. It was either the Dead Milkmen, the Queers, or Screeching Weasel. Those are like the three that I've nailed it down to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but the one girl who was like the ringleader asked me some, and I don't remember the exact specific, some question or something about one of these bands, and I didn't know the answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they laughed at me or in some fashion just said something very mean again i can't remember the exact specifics but they said i was a poser a, ter- a term that came up a lot obviously in the norm brannon podcast right yeah yeah. yes of yeah. course but which is but like, has a different probably connotation in the philadelphia suburb where you not suburb it was actually oh it was actually philly philly yeah. oh okay yeah yep but it Sorry. was a, but it was clearly a term i mean i think that that from from the previous episode but also like just from life, like every yeah. scene used this word. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Or lots of scenes used For this sure. word yeah. to yeah. denote someone who was like, yeah, yeah, to, to, to define the boundaries of what was acceptable. It's weird Absolutely. To me, though, because like you were telling the tr- you didn't know, right? Right. And so right. you just said you didn't know. Or but, I gave the wrong answer. I don't, or, I don't or, think, I, I don't think I lie because I don't remember actually right. like lying. Yeah. But I definitely, it was clear that I didn't know. It's just so funny to me that like that word can get used like, there are these like proximate meanings to that term, right? Yes. You're either someone who's like pretending to something that you're actually not pretending to. It's like a, a, you know, a faked authenticity or you're someone who is not pretending there's something they're not. They're just not enough of the thing that they're supposed to be. And that also somehow makes you a a poser. It's like one of those like traps that is impossible to get out of. If someone calls you it, there's no real way of refuting it. When I first encountered it, I was a a kid and I was hanging out with these skaters. I wasn't a skater. So skaters were like ground zero opposer accusations. But they were always accusing each other of being posers. And this is mystifying to me because I was like, you're all riding skateboards. I don't understand what the difference could be between. Cause I like, I had to like understand that was like, it was like about the spirit of the thing. It was about like belief or like Mm -hmm. some kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, In any case, you were accused of being a poser. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, um, and I remember like having this, at, like, like you said, like this is like Scarlett O'Hara mo- moment <laughs> where I like vowed to myself that I was going to learn everything about every band ever so that no one could ever call me a poser about mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. And 
that was really like the formative moment of my entire career. <laughs> so like what so what is that about now so you're like talking about like it's something that like happened I think we've a, got I think we've gotten the right guest for this Yeah, no. Saying, oh, I, I think, think so. This is the right yeah, I feel like she's about to stand up on the chair and be like and you are guilty and you are guilty. What, but I mean now okay, look, now I'm 38 and I would never call anyone a poser. No, of course not, because we all recognize you gotta. Sometimes right. you gotta fake it till you make it, man. Like right. you gotta. Sure. There's some. There's some lying that's gotta go on. Um, every day of my life. Uh, so, what? So you said like you like vowed. Were you like where? Was there like a time place? Like you were like this is happening. I'm. No, I don't. I don't remember. Like there wasn't like it wasn't like the music swelled. I mm. got down on my knees and I like like beat on my chest and was like, I vow. I just remember being like, I am just gonna learn everything I can about every band mm. and so that, that this won't happen again. Yeah. So that in I'll the just film be version, I see you like filling out like subscription cards for like Spin Magazine, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, like exactly. Melody Maker, yeah, like yeah, everything. Totally. Yeah, that's yeah. like your training montage. Like right. yeah. you like jog down to like the record store every day, yeah. and then you slap the stack of magazines down on the yep. counter. Pretty much. Yeah. And they're like, again, kid, you're pushing yourself too hard. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was my mom basically. Like all you do is sit in your room and read music magazines, and you're like, you don't get it, mom. I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and and also at this now, I didn't have any friends, so I had lots of time mm. to do that. Right. Um. So, yeah, and I that was definitely just like a motivation. I mean, I I loved music before that. I was you know just super into learning about bands, but then I was like that like just took it to the next level that I was like. So what what was it after? I mean, like that's like I mean, in middle school, that's just so devastating, right? Mm-hmm. That like that feeling of being just iced out by the only people that you can hang out with, because you're yeah. like, well, there's just like the void after this. Like, there's right. no there's no future. There's like nothing. Yeah, it was super. It was super devastating, super depressing. Um, and were they like the only cool people at your school, or that like in your scene? It, yeah, yeah, at my school, yeah, it definitely felt like that. So yeah. this was like eighth grade. Then. Yeah. then ninth grade came and some new new kids came mm-hmm. and things changed yeah. and I got new friends. Cool. Um, and I also like started to become more friends with people outside of school. I was um, going to ask about you went to, you obviously you were going to shows too, right? Right. right so you right. started to, like yes. So like, I then like meeting meet people at shows, stuff like that. Right. Exactly. I did mean, you encounter anything like that sort of pivotal, like you know that? Uh, the primal scene there, <laughs> like later on, like because that's the thing is like it doesn't stop necessarily. Right. But like, how was it for you in high school? Were you like? So in high school, I was the one calling people poser. Uh, like that's oh, that's shit. like the wow. the sad reality is. Then I was like, well, now I know everything about music. Mm-hmm. You guys don't. Mm-hmm. I'm so much cooler. So were you? So you struck fear into the heart of. <laughs> people who didn't spend their every waking hour like reading AP or whatever. I don't think that. I think it was more like I thought that I was super cool and they were like, that girl is super fucking weird (laughs) and I don't know what's going on with her and she listens to weird bands Mm -hmm. that are not Dave Matthews Uh and are not Fish. Uh (laughs) Those were your only two other options? They're so proximate. There's gotta be like something. That was like that. Those were like the kings of my school. Fish was that popular at your high school. Oh, hugely popular at my like 
private, big, pre- big, like prep school. Everywhere, yeah. Well, Dave Matthews was like popular because Dave Matthews band was just like legitimately popular. Yeah. But like Fish was not popular at my high school. I don't know. This is more like, for me, it's more college because my high school was so small. It was like, it was Mm -hmm. just like micro, like everybody was into whatever they were into. But I got, I got to college and like, like you would meet people and be like, let's go hang out in your room, I guess. And then we would like, I'd flip through their CD things. Not like a jerk because it's just something you did. Oh yeah, yeah. Blues Traveler, right. yeah. Liam like, Fish Seas. And I'd be like, like oh, Burlington 112394, yeah. man. Yep, exactly. like, yeah. And I really, at that moment, was not like, I wasn't like, we can get past this. I was like, we're not going to be friends. <laughs> yeah. I got to go right now. Uh, I got to no, go I to somebody else's room and look through their CDs <laughs> and find out if yeah. it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I was a huge snob in high school about sure. music. Like, if you didn't know who Sonic Youth were, I was like, you. I'm not going to talk to you right now. And was that like active, like with sort of like seeing people that you were meeting or was it more like you were defining yourself against like whatever? Not, not with seeing people. I was like, like regular like anyone. If someone like knew who a band was, I was like, Oh my God, let's be friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But if they didn't, I was just like, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And I probably in retrospect missed out on a lot of great people. (laughs) But you know, the thing is people aren't that great in general, (laughs) especially in high school. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. You hear uh, that? <laughs> I don't need you. <laughs> yeah. To all of our teenage listeners. Yeah. The next thing I want to lead up to a little bit. So, what's your, like, what's your, like, high school routine? Like, what's, like, not day by day, but, like, what's, like, a week in the life of, like, Amy Phillips? What, 10th, 11th grade? So, one of the things that I hated about my school was that you were forced to play us an after-school sport like mm. half the year mm-hmm. so i had to so i'd probably be like going to tennis practice mm-hmm. <laughs> and like hating every minute of it right and um, a tennis coach that is so mad right yeah mm-hmm. and the tennis coach is like i don't know what to do with you just mm-hmm. like whatever um uh so yeah so i was going to school doing that um i mean i was i was a good, a good, by this point, like after the like drugs, bad kids phase by yeah. like 10th, 11th grade, I was like pretty like good student, mm-hmm. like really trying. I was doing like a lot of extracurricular things like, um, like school paper and, uh, which we'll get into, mm-hmm. um, and like literary magazine, things like that. And then just like going to shows, um, hanging out on South street, going to the record store, uh, you know, yeah. like. Mm-hmm. And and were any of those? I mean, that's kind of like what I'm like wondering is like were any of those scenes scenes of intimidation, or was it all like when you went to like you know Philadelphia Record Exchange? Mm-hmm. If you oh yeah you, you yeah were, did you feel like intimidated or did you feel like these are my people? Uh, both. Yeah, I felt like I felt like oh I really want to be like these people yeah. and like want them to like me. Um, and but yeah, you can't but- show it. Right, because that's the ticket. That's yeah. That's a yeah. Yeah, it's They'll very much like oh, I I wish these people were my friends, and I'm like slightly scared. But right. Yeah. So there's that like sort of sense of like yearning for a community that you can actually see, but can't quite penetrate. Yeah. And you can't understand why. Later, you'll understand that it's because you are 15 or 16 years old. <laughs> right. And yeah. They are that probably was like in their early 20s. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Not right. being able to get into bars was a problem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But from their perspective, like they were actually doing the right thing. Right. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> for sure. For sure. Like yeah. If like if like it had been like some like 25 year olds being like yeah hang out with us now looking at it, I'd be like what? But, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Right. Exactly. Uh huh. Um, so you're writing for the school paper. Yes. What's your so like what does the school paper do like everybody in your school like read the school paper? If someone writes something controversial, is it like is the quad all a buzz about? Uh, this piece um it wasn't that popular I mean, people definitely read it but it wasn't like a huge i think it only came out once a month mm-hmm. um it wasn't like a rory gilmore paper mm-hmm. like super big deal type thing um but i'm guessing that you were you know you were tuned to other writers out there you like right music writers oh yeah yeah and so like for you it was a big deal yeah and also like sure. you're sort of forming at a pretty early age I mean, basically what was going to become your whole career, yeah. like your whole yes. life, <laughs> which is which is also sort of like that was, I mean, in my recollection, that was also like a sort of golden era in some ways. Oh, For totally. music writing, it was yeah. like, it felt like a real career that you could have. I <laughs> you know. know? Like, it was. There were cool people doing yes. it. And they like, but also part of that was like, I remember reading music writing back then and it was like, a lot of it was sort of about expertise and like. You, like you had a you had a withering opinion because you just knew everything. Yeah, totally. And you were like that was like you know the highest status you could attain. Mm-hmm. So you were sort of lear- taking those lessons. I mean, presumably. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, yeah. If you're reading, you know, the Spin Record Guide, or you know anything, it was you know all these references mm-hmm. and and it just keeps sending you back for more and more. Yeah, and more. yeah, yeah. Like I remember reading the spin review of the Veruca Salt album and yeah. it referring to Seether as Ramonesy and being like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I got to find out. I got to listen to the Ramones. Like Alta Vista Ramonesy. Oh no, there was. I, I mean, this was. I, I don't think I got the internet till. Yeah, probably like eleventh grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So before that, you're just sliding a piece of paper across the like record store it's like yep. Ramonesy uh-huh. or, I, or I was just it's like, like, they're just like oh. is this an accusation <laughs> <laughs> I mean more likely it was like I would find a friend who had a Ramon CD and then I right. would just tape it right yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the tape like the tape or later burning CDs, circles yeah was so crucial oh yeah when you're trying to buy records on like you know one of you works at a movie theater one of you works at a smoothie bar yeah. <laughs> you're trying to figure out how you're gonna buy like all 10 records that you want to buy well and you couldn't get enough right because there was like it was like you didn't have too many <laughs> like right yeah you could never have too many cds yeah. like or no. tapes or anything at that point yeah later on that became a real problem yeah yeah oh my god i'm Whoa. still suffering <laughs> yeah my you guys apartment are holding is on still... man oh yeah they're in boxes somewhere yeah my apartment is it's bad yeah. um but though we did did do a good pretty good job when my daughter was born of yeah, clearing a lot out, but there's still quite a few. Yeah, but wait, so what, how does, school paper, school, school paper. paper. So, oh yeah. So right. So so you're in dialogue with the writing of the day, right? You're sort of yes. envisioning yourself as a young critic. I I mean I was that was like my dream. Right. That was like what I wanted right. to do, and I thought, okay, well, yeah, you got to write for your school paper if you're gonna yeah. start somewhere. Yeah. And then what happened? So <laughs> <laughs> so I can't. I wish I remembered more details and I wish I had the article. I it's probably it's at my mom's house somewhere, I'm sure. Um but I pitched to the editor that I was going to review the new Sleaterkinney album um which was Dig Me Out, so this would have been 97. Mm-hmm. Uh and I was going to write about how great it was and mm-hmm. they were like cool do that and, and you'd written about music for them before or this was like honestly, maybe one of the I first can't remember i think this might have been the my, literally my first record review ever like yeah. you'd done other like little reporting things yeah like, like about like you know 
an interview with the art teacher or something. Sure. You I know. remember I did this in my high school paper too, where I like reviewed, like I reviewed a Tori Amos show, wow. and like I re- like reviewed like the new Nine Inch Nails record, which was the Fragile at that point, and mm-hmm. didn't understand why my why our newspaper advisor hat was like Jesus really. This is a school paper. You're supposed to be like learning how to be a journalist. Like, don't you want to do something more? Like, you like what is school specific about this? Well, but wait, how was the show? What was what the was show the review? Was awesome, Did dude. you like that record? That era was incredible, dude. She was amazing. It <laughs> no, was, just I don't. I want to know. <laughs> it was fucking sick, man. Was she it, was out there with the. Uh, well, let's see. It must have been Boys for Pele. Um, oh wow! So it was like ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah. Mm. Or was it Choir Girl? Because that was 98, right? Ooh, maybe it was Choir Girl. Either way, just like her out there with the harpsichord and the piano. I mean, I was, I'd was i been really into Tori Do you remember what you said, though? Were you like, I ha- were you I... like run, don't walk to the, <laughs> to the next Tori I don't show. remember that, although I do remember because for I think my parents like handed me a folder full of like writing and stuff from, from high school. And I definitely saw... I definitely found the Nine Inch Nails review, and one of the things I said was that it's a double CD, but like, you, if you go to Best Buy, you can get it for like fourteen bucks. <laughs> so it's a good bargain. Hey, <laughs> real consumer, consumer advice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, do yourself a favor. Yeah. <laughs> go to the mall. Um. That's... So yeah, actually, you know what? It was actually it was a double review of Bjork's post. I think, and right, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, well, it's coming back to me. It was a double review of Bjork's post on Slater Kinney's Dig Me Out, and it was, like, about, like, how women are making exciting music right mm-hmm. now. It was, like, the... Yeah, that's a great pairing. Was the, the theme. I mean, probably now you'd write a really, really good essay about that. About those two? I don't know. I don't know, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, Seems plausible. Wait, I have to just double... Can we just double check that that... My chronology is right. That came out at the same time. Uh Sure. We take a break. So it was homogenic. Mm-hmm. Um, homogenic, I, I had heard. <laughs> okay. okay wait, which, wait. which leads us to... So, it's interesting that you would say that, Amy, because that implies something. A, a contrast with... So uh, I, I wrote the review, and I had not actually heard Dig Me Out when yes. I wrote the review. How'd you do... Back. <laughs> do you have any memory of how that happened? the only explanation that I can think of how it happened. Well, no, I, I know how it happened. I promised that I was going to write this thing. Right. There was a deadline yeah. and I just couldn't get the, find the sure. record mm-hmm. in time. Cause you had to go buy it. I had to go buy it <laughs> right. or Nobody find someone who had it. From right. us. <laughs> right. And it was like, either like my mom couldn't drive me to the, you know, we three records or Sam Goody or no, like okay. I couldn't take the train to South street or something. So wait, 
Now, earlier you said yes that your newspaper published maybe once a month. <laughs> yes. Why are you <laughs> scrambling at the last minute to find what, for the record stores that you frequented, must have been stocked up? I, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> um, uh, maybe it was just a little bit of a like, oh no, I have to cram for this the night before type mm-hmm. deal. I mm-hmm. really, I honestly don't mm-hmm. remember. I, well, I think that this is why this is why the origin of all of our. I mean, maybe you guys don't have the stream, but I do. Where it's like you have a final and oh, yeah. you haven't take you haven't shown up to class all semester mm-hmm. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And the seeds of that I think are in high school where like there's like seemingly too much to do because you're fighting like powerful laziness and like <laughs> and like the urge to like do something and then like, you know, in my case I was like trying to do well in school, but also like really distracted by social stuff and like oh, yeah. I could see myself doing this. Like being yeah. like Evan is shaking his head and so am I. I did not try in high school very hard. But and well, did not I did not have that dream until well into college. Well so in, in any case all. <laughs> all right, well that's where Evan and I part ways. But but it would have the same result, right? Is that like it would become the eve of the like delivery of your like review and you're like this is really important to me this is like this is like who i am right <laughs> Yet, like i have not gone and bought the record yeah. and i'm gonna write the review anyway so do you have a memory of like what you said uh n- I-, I know that i definitely cribbed a lot from the reviews that i had read yeah mm. um not i did not plagiarize right. i but i remember i remember being proud of the way that I had synthesized others' words wow. into my own. You sound like my students. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just kind of basically, like, like I knew the song titles. Yeah. I knew, like, the general, like, gist, mm-hmm. the story. You knew, like, the narrative behind the record. Yeah. Where, like, why it was important. Yes. Why, like, this was a big record for them. Yes. And then, more importantly, I mean, because if you think about it, like, now, looking back, I think this is maybe why you said this, Gabe. Like, now looking back, it would make total sense to sort of be like, wow, Homogenic and, and, and Dig Me Out came out the same year. And, like, what does this tell us about, like, women in rock in the late mm-hmm. 90s? But at the time, it's a very counterintuitive. The records sonically have nothing to do with each right, other. Right, no. yeah. And they're, like, they have no, sh- there's no overlap None. at all between those None. records no. in any sense. They're not doing the same thing. Yeah. No. So, but that was your instinct to pair them at the same time i guess yes mm-hmm. but i yes. mean i'm saying it's, in- it's interesting yes. because it's such a counterintuitive yeah move. i think i think i was just inspired by all of the women in rock like right. issues sure. and like things wasn't where that I was the like, year of the woman oh, they all were yeah <laughs> Sorry. Some of those, those. every year was the year. yeah exactly the women in rock issue whatever yes. um so it was a golden era in some ways it was I mean, in other of, ways <laughs> it was deficient yeah hey you got one issue of Rolling Stone, all right? <laughs> yeah. But I do remember, like, to that point, like, in my... I remember every time that, like, Women in Rock issue would come out, mm-hmm. it would really make me mad. Sure. But, I mean, I would devour it because I'd be like, oh, awesome, new pictures of Courtney Love, yes! Right. Um, but I'd also be like, well, they should just be having more women every right. issue. You Why yes. do this. Yeah. Why yeah. don't you take what's in this issue yeah. and just spread it over 12 right. months? Exactly. And then you've right. got... More even-handed Yeah, coverage. and it always bothered me, even then. <laughs> this intro, actually, I'm sort of... It's funny, right? Because it's really difficult in the moment when you see something like that. Like, Diversity Day. 
mm-hmm. um, or whatever. When you're to be like this, I don't like this, but I don't know why because I am for the thing that I'm mad well, at. Well, I think that what the difference is like if it's if it's something about a specific group not put on by that group. So it's like, right. like it obviously right. wasn't a bunch of women at Rolling Stone. We're like, no. let's do the women in Iraq. <laughs> right. Like, no, it was like a bunch of dudes who were like, <laughs> right. I've got a super progressive idea. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Just hear me out before you say no. <laughs> right. One issue a year. We're going to devote to women. Yeah. Right. Everybody else exactly. Like, what? That's crazy. What are yeah. you going to put in it? We're, our politics are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to love us. Right. Exactly. Right. So, so beyond the frustration of their ha- of like this sort of like self-congratulatory spot, Spotlighting effect, knowing the person like operating the spotlight, they're just like the same dudes, yeah, who are like not doing a good job for the rest of the right. Year. It would be like, here's the women in rock issue, and it would be like, here's this awesome picture of like Lauren Hill, um, you know, PJ Harvey, and Madonna, like with their arms around each other, and then the yeah. next issue, it's like, and it's like they know, just threw a dart. <laughs> and they were like, what are three women? Yes, exactly. And then the next issue is like Drew Barrymore naked, you right. know, yeah. on the cover. Right. Like, yeah. So. Yeah. Right. More about Tool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough about Tool. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, all right. So. Okay. So, yes. You so, faked the review. Yes, I faked the review. Now, did you share that with anybody at the time? Or no. even, even, even like soon after, or you just like kept that to yourself? I kept that to myself. I, I feel like it wasn't until like, probably, I probably never told anyone about it until like my husband. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because when we were, Amy, when you and I were talking about it, when I was like, hey, you should come on and do the show. Like, uh-huh. and you were like, yeah, totally. I just can't think what I would talk about. And I was like, well, there's got to be something. And you're like, I don't know. I mean, there's this one time. When I wrote a review of a Sleater Kitty record that I had never heard. One of my first reviews that I ever read. I was like, oh my God, what? you have to talk about that. What are you kidding? I will say for the record, I have listened to Me Out now. No, I know. Okay. Many sure. times. Sure. Yes. yes. And, I believe you. And, and there, is no one, there is no one more ethically forthright that I know probably. I'm saying this. I said it and I started that sentence as, an empty compliment, but then I finished realizing it's actually true that I don't actually know anybody more ethically forthright than Amy Phillips. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, also consider your company right now. I mean, it's not really a, a rogues gallery. Yeah, not very good over here. I've, I've, I mean, I've already told listeners about all of my life. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> did you, what, what, I mean, it's the school paper. I don't know. Was there any like feedback? Like, did you have, do you have any recollection I remember, of like so I remember avoiding... the editor liking it and being like, this is really cool. Like the, so the, the yeah. editor of the paper was like a guy who I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. And like, I, we were friendly, not like friends, but I definitely was like looked up to him and thought he was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, this is great. You should write more. Um, and I did. And I kept writing for the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would say probably the number of people who had heard that Slater Kinney album at my school was, well, that was the other reason why I wanted to write it is I was like, I want people to listen to these albums. I yeah. want people to, yeah. you know, I don't think anyone did maybe, well, but maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. a couple people. I don't know. But did you tell them where they could get, go ahead. How long after you lied about the review did you listen to the record? It, I don't think it was that long. Yeah. Like it was probably like a few weeks. I was right. finally able to get to the, Record store. Did you read your review and you were like, "This sounds great," and then you went out? <laughs> <and bought it. laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a great album. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you listen to it. Yeah. It's funny because there's that. We've talked about this a little bit 
um, in the past, right? There's that delay effect where we've talked about in the past where we've, the thing about records is that you can lie about having heard them and then you just have to immediately right. run, get it, and listen to it. Yeah. And it almost dissolves the lie because yeah. now you have all of the knowledge yes. that you are pretending to have. It's not like a book or whatever, and movies are more difficult. Yeah, the duration of the lie was so brief. Yeah. It, it may happen. as well not yeah. have happened. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. in these days, it's like. I'm oh, yeah. Just like, be I'm like, yeah, I've heard that record. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know? And I can, like just like quick hit play on a bunch yeah, of yeah, things yeah. and I've created a digital record. Exactly. Of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've got a, yeah. I've got receipts. So, I mean, you know, one thing about music writing is that it does like, once you start doing it professionally, you have to do it a lot and you do have to listen to like a lot of stuff. So yes. were there any moments along the way after that? Like presumably then you like wrote, I don't know if you wrote for a college paper or if you were actually mm-hmm. writing for real places then, but like, were there moments after that where you, and maybe there were many, where you felt like, I didn't really give that a fair shake. I listened to that once or like, you know, and like took some notes or whatever. I mean, this, the, like the record industry manufactured this to some extent in like the late 90s and early 2000s when like you would have to go listen to a record. Oh, in God, I remember doing that. And somebody's like, a listening party is the worst because then it's like a party. There's You're, a bunch of people yeah. there. Yeah. The best situation is like you and like basically a stereo and you just yeah. scribble notes. I only had to do that once um, <clears throat> for something that I actually had to review. Yeah. And that was for the Coldplay album with Fix You on it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Is that Milo? Is that No. I don't uh, remember which one that was. It's the one after the, the, after, like, the second one. Yeah. yeah. I forget what it was so, called. So that would be the third one. <laughs> and it has the like blocks. Uh, cover yes. I don't know yeah. that was the only time I had to do that and how did it feel <laughs> it was terrible yeah. I was just like uh I don't know this is fine I, I do remember being like that fix you song is really good did they let you <laughs> yeah. do they let you like play it back or are they just no, like you get one spin no yeah. there was like one spin take your notes and then, they, and, they, and then they'll probably have the gall to complain <clears> about <throat> the record review if it's not what they like after. probably I think that was for CMJ maybe oh okay yeah 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 <laughs> The worst for me was, and I didn't do, I didn't, I was a music critic for a very short mm-hmm. time, but the worst for me was reviewing a Busta Rhymes record where he was there. Oh God. And so he's just chatting with me the whole time too. And I'm like, dude, I got to listen to this record. And he's like, yeah, it's amazing. Right. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm enjoying this, but like, like I have to take notes and then write a review. And, and that's like super dense, for. fast rapping. Yeah. And it was, it was hard. It was really yeah. difficult. And I felt like I did not really listen to the record. Yeah. And then my notes were just like, at that point, scratch. aren't you just like, can I just interview you instead? Because I feel yeah. like that would probably work out better. It would have. Yeah. Yeah. It been, he's, yeah. He's, oh, I don't remember. It's like the year is. Was he yoked yet or no? Was he what? Was it extinction level event? No. It wasn't that one. That album starts with the year is 2000. Like, <laughs> I, think he, I think Gabe was actually trying to figure out the year. It's, no, no. I, I really am trying to figure out the year. I don't remember. I thought you were making a quote. No. Extinction level event. Anyways. Um, yeah. So it's like, yeah, music writing does involve a lot of like deadlines. So it's not. I'm a yeah. little bit letting you off the hook for not having listened to the Slider Kenny record. <laughs> um, she seems off the hook. It's, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to now issue an apology to, I don't even remember the guy's name, who was the editor of the school paper. I'm sorry I did that. 
But and clearly, he inspired you nonetheless to pursue a career in this. Yeah. Yes, so that's good. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I enjoy, definitely enjoyed he's writing. Been the review. trying to true detective your ass ever since, <laughs> and since you appear pretty regularly on the interview <laughs> or on the internet, he's doing a really bad job. Yes, apparently. Um, okay, so you do become a music journalist. It's true for real. Mm-hmm. For so, like, what are the did you did you start freelancing in college? Yeah, yeah, I did. So uh-huh. like, yeah, and but then you're still in college, so you're allowed to fuck up. It doesn't matter. Um, and at least that's my understanding of college. <laughs> um, uh, I went a, to grad a, school. It's fine, Evan. As a current <laughs> professor of college, <laughs> yeah, you would know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, yeah. It's you're like fine. college doesn't matter. It just <laughs> matters, but you are allowed to fuck up, and it's fine. I mean, not too bad. Don't do anything crazy. Um, you can like miss a paper, one paper. I'm going to cut this out. I, <laughs> I had a student tell me he listened to this, to the podcast. Uh, oh boy. Maybe the worst moment of my life. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, so what's the hustle like in, in like early aughts, New York freelancing? It still seemed like you could make money and have a career and mm-hmm. there was some glamour to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, what was the peak of the music industry? Like, 2000? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so I started college in 99, and I feel like a few months after that is when Napster hit. Mm -hmm. And we all, I had, you know, we all had high-speed internet connections for the first time at college, Mm -hmm. and it was, like, the most incredible thing that had ever happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it made these kinds of lies much easier to not have speak for yourself go on <laughs> um <laughs> because now you know i could listen to stuff so much easier and yeah. i feel like i feel like having like uh, it made being a music journalist a lot easier in that i could just down like you, you know learn about a band so easily yeah. and and not have to spend thirty dollars on a red crayola japanese import just because right. like you want to know what the fuck they sound like exactly yes mm-hmm. yes so you know, being a, a, so I, you know, I freelanced during college and then after and would, you know, just literally take any assignment anyone gave me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, I was writing for Newsday for a little Whoa. while. Okay. And like The Observer, I think. And like, oh yeah, that was like a big thing. And so, yeah, it involved a lot of like, okay, I want you to go review Robert Plant's show at the Beacon Theater. Oh, lucky. Um... <laughs> It was pretty amazing. But yeah. <laughs> I'm also like, I mean, I was like, I'd heard like one Led Zeppelin album right. at that mm-hmm. point. I was like 20, mm-hmm. um, you know? So it's like, okay, well, fire up LimeWire yeah. and yeah. download every Led Zeppelin album and right. listen to them all. And I'll start with in through the outdoor. <laughs> yeah. were, you, uh, were you like involved in internet communities at this point, like message boards or? Sort of, yeah, a little bit. Um, more... Like just like college based yeah. um, stuff. I was I was never like a big like poster on. God, I don't even remember what the boards were back then. Opinion or whatever that, yeah. that was later. Um, but uh, yeah, the, like the internety stuff. What I wasn't quite as into. Because mm-hmm. I, I felt like at that well maybe not that early but a little bit later that those communities and message boards were fun. Oh, yeah. But they also prompted the same kind of anxiety about, like... Totally. Because somebody would be like, just drop, just, like, casually drop some reference to something you have not heard of. And then you can, like, do your research or whatever, but, like, 
they're looking for you to like mess up and yeah, not actually sure. get it right. And it's know? all the same dynamics of that high school mm-hmm. or middle school, like, mm-hmm. you know, poser accusation along with the desensitizing effects of the internet where you're like, that's not a real person. So I sure. can say whatever I want to them. That's where I first learned that. <laughs> and then I met all those people. <laughs> Sorry. But I will say that even though I had, you know, you had all this music instantly at your fingertips, it still, you know, being a, a writer still, I mean, even to this day, if you're a music journalist and you have to write about a bunch of stuff, you're not going to know everything about everything. Yeah. You're not going to be an right. expert. Yeah. So you, you have to fake it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, and as I was saying to you, I think I feel like the peak of that was when I was writing for Decibel Magazine, the metal magazine. Mm-hmm. Ah. And and, for, that, and and that is a metal metal it's a serious magazine. Oh, yeah. metal magazine. Yeah. For, it's like for real metal. It's like fans. super metal nerds. I don't know why they liked me, mm-hmm. um, but they kept assigning me stuff. And I, I mean, well, they they had you for their they had you on for their women in metal issue. Right. <laughs> and they decided to keep you going. <laughs> Um, I will say they they were always really, really good about yeah. having women on their covers and yeah. really, really good. Um, but they kept assigning me stuff and I just kept faking it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like metal. I'm well, not like you a metal like, head. Okay, so to, to, to distinguish, you weren't faking, like you were listening to the records. Yeah, I was listening and to, going the to the shows. But, you know, you put me on the phone, I'm interviewing Trivium or something or mm-hmm. like, you know, God, I can remember the Avenged Sevenfold or something. And mm-hmm. like interviewing them about stuff. And I have like no idea what I'm talking about. But that's just like, but that's just like journalism shit like yeah where you just you but it's professional a, faking it you know yeah i mean yeah well and that's kind of like part of the i mean you know ideally what what you really want is like your best day will be where you're interviewing the person that you know a ton about right and mm-hmm. you're like super into or just super like you know obsessively yes. interested in or if you've got you may a, not love them but like or if you have like a read on them or something yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. Like, here's my theory of but but the, yes. but the bread and butter is like the other thing that makes a good critic is like I mean this is why it's not just entertaining but actually kind of like illuminating sometimes to do the like uh, first listen things where like whatever those are called like where you're like here's a song what do you think about oh listening you know? tests no I, th- there's like a name for it but you know what I mean like they'll get like a musician or a critic and they'll be like first yeah. spin or something like that uh-huh. and it's just yeah. like here's a song and it's like you know and then you talk about it because yeah. you like you have the vocabulary to talk about influences and like scenes sure. and all that yeah. stuff and that's kind of like you're flexing your muscles a little bit but it, it can also be really like a neat thing to do mm-hmm. um but yeah it is like a funny feeling right yeah I, mean, I don't know talk about does you do you ever feel that way now yeah well so now that i've been managing editor i'm kind of out of the those trenches but right. i was news director for 13 years at pitchfork yeah. um and, you know, doing the news is like, you got to pretend to be an expert for every news story. Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely there's a lot of times the feeling like, oh, this artist is going to know that I mm-hmm. don't know everything about their discography or whatever, you know? But like, what is the, what is the thing that gets you, even if you're like feeling it in the moment when you're like, well, don't, not 100% sure what I'm doing right now, but have to forge on and especially in those early days where you're like have to forge on because it doesn't matter what it is i need to get Mm -hmm. paid because living in new york is expensive and (laughs) even though freelancing was not nearly as bad then as it is now it's still like not paying a ton of money right yeah um so what are the techniques that you use for that particular kind of faking it with the more professional like legitimate kind 
Yeah, it's just kind of using context clues. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I, I, you know, just being honest when you don't know something, I, I know is the kind of the, the anti the entire point of this podcast. But <laughs> like being like, oh, no, actually, I haven't heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, and most times, you know, person would be like, oh, well, it's this thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but when it's like reviewing a show or doing something where you have a little bit of time to like research what others have said about it, mm-hmm. it's kind of like just doing, doing more research yeah. really, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, thank God for Google. Yeah. <laughs> Say it every day. I really, and if I don't, I'm in huge trouble. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if I'd, you know, been, it had been 10 years earlier and I was being forced to do all this and, it wasn't so easy to research these things. Yeah. I mean, God, I've mad respect for all those folks. Sure. Yeah. I don't even really understand how things happened in the past. Sometimes really. yeah. I look you... at like books, not everything, like scholarly <laughs> you know I mean? books. Yeah. Published. I don't know. Anytime before 1995. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like you went to the library and then if they didn't have the book, like, I did some of this you, in graduate you, yeah, school, and I waited. went through, I like went through archives and stuff like that. But it's not you're just like, oh, I gotta fill out this piece of paper, and I gotta give it to this person, and then maybe a month later, yeah. this book, this thing comes in that I need to be able to yeah. do what I want to do. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that like you know it is interesting because like a lot of what we talk about, in particular with music has to do with the advances of technology, right? You totally. know, like for all of us, when we started listening to music, there were more limited options in terms of discovery mm-hmm. and like, just mm-hmm. like getting something. And now it's super easy. Um, maybe there'll be another level where it's even easier. I have no idea. I, I mean, um, but, but, the thing but is- it, but it does change your approach where like, it almost takes some pressure off, but I think that's also about growing older. Like, I no longer, as we've discussed at length, like I am like totally fine being like, I don't know what that is. Can you please tell me about it? You seem to know a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that actually feels great. And like, is the only way to get more information in my brain, certainly than being like, no, I totally know that. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm all about that. But I, I you don't have how, to say anything. I, uh, I just say is, hey, is there a good explainer for that? Yeah. <laughs> Can you just like send me the link to the, right. what's the deal with this thing you just referenced? Right. Yeah. You're just like. <laughs> Vox, not. Um, I mean, I I kind of like have started to think about that stuff in the context of just like other getting older shit. Like, mm-hmm. like n- now, and part of this has to do with the fact that I live very close to a grocery store. But, you know, if I had to go to a grocery store that was a significant distance from my apartment, I would like be like, I'll put on the button down shirt. And now I'm like, I'm coming as I am. Like I, whatever I have not showered. I have like, and I've, there's like little things like that where before I'd be like, no, no, let's take a little bit of more time. And I think part of it has to do with like, like losing those like levels of those like layers of self-consciousness that apparently I, and I think a lot of people were just born with like born into this like shell of self-consciousness that it takes forever to just like, pour you know peel away layer after layer after layer after layer right until you get to that thing where you're like there's like six things that actually matter 
and then everything else I literally don't give a shit. Yep. It's true. Yeah, and like social I mean socialization is like pushing the boundaries of that. Like people and people pushing your boundaries of that. I mean like why are you dressed that way? Mm-hmm. Like why why don't you know this thing? Uh you can't hang out with me anymore because yeah. you don't know enough stuff. That still hurts. Sure. But like it Gabe, happens like a lot less when like you watch, get older. Like watch, Gabe. What? You can't hang out with me anymore. Oh, man. How are you going to do the podcast? <laughs> uh, how are you going to do the podcast? <laughs> all this shit in my house. <laughs> we got a we caller on the line. <laughs> um, but I feel like some of this stuff is just like of a piece with that, right? Like maybe 15-year-old Amy, if for whatever freaky friday type circumstance you ended up writing for decibel um you know maybe would have lied more or would have faked it for reasons that in retrospect you're like that wasn't necessary but it felt necessary at the time sure yeah i mean i think also honestly like if there had been spotify when i was being accused of not knowing the dead milkmen like maybe that wouldn't have happened i don't know like you know but there, I mean, I mean, I think I don't know. I don't know a lot of teenagers right now, but I, I will in like ten years. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> uh, but I assume that there's just something else, you know. Like it's like it's always something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this was like what we had to navigate. I mean, I do think it's interesting. Like you've you've also we've all lived through it, but you've lived through it like in a very visceral sense that like no access to like total access. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's just an interesting perspective that you bring to it. Um, you're faking it and you're not faking it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, Amy Phillips, do you have any final words to impart to the listeners? Um, everyone should listen to Dig Me Out. It's a great record. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, Homogenic, also a great record. Uh-huh. <laughs> Especially if you're going to write about them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep. All right. Amy, thank you so much. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Evan, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Evan. <laughs> Always. Okay. What? I'll just talk to you later. You're not going to say it's a pleasure or something? It's 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 fine. You guys don't have like an outro? Do we? I don't think we do. No, it's just music that will probably come in now. Yeah. To like cover it's coming, up. Like, our... it's, gonna fa- it's, it's fading up right now. Right now. Yeah, right. it's coming. Nice talk to you, Mark. Bye, Gabe. This episode of Disney was edited by Evan O'Neill and me, Mark Sussman. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us. It would really help us out if you did. You can find us on Twitter at FakingItPod, where you'll also find links to more of Amy Phillips' writing so you can see what all the fuss is about. And believe me, there is a fuss, and it is about something. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Mark Sussman, and Gabe is at JetSetHunta. That's J-U-N-T-A. Okay, I think I covered it all. That's it. I did it. I made it to the end of this thing. Okay, bye-bye.